Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast where we talk all things Commander. And this week we have a small crew and we're going to be talking about March of the Machine Aftermath, the little supplemental standard set that's coming that's actually just full of legends. And kind of the gimmick of the set is we have a bunch of planeswalkers who lose their spark and become legendary creatures. Uh, so join with me this week is Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How are you doing? I am doing great. Excited to talk about some uh, some pretty sweet magic cards, actually, in this set. And Tober, Budget Commander, how are you doing? I am doing well. Um, I'm also really excited to talk about a mini set that was clearly aimed at Commander players, because that's me. <laughs> All right, before we get into our cards, uh, today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So Card Conduit lets you skip all the typing, time, and work associated with buy listing. You can send in as many cards as you want with buy list value $1 or more, and you'll pay just a 5% service fee. You can use your sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay only 2%. No matter which option you choose, you'll get a detailed report with the result and fast payment once your order is processed. You can get 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. So thank you to Card Conduit for sponsoring our show. And if you also want to give us a little uh, a little help, you could subscribe, follow, likes uh, on whatever podcast platform you use. We're on all of them. We're on Spotify, YouTube, music, etc. So give us a follow there. And uh, yeah, let's get into Aftermath. So we have a small crew. So Krim and Phil were out. So this time we've chosen each four cards we're excited to play. With and oh. I, I gotta tell you guys, I, I had trouble coming up with four cards. Uh, it's a small set. set. The set is Harsh. small. There's yeah. only fifty cards, and uh, because all the cards are legendaries, most of them are kind of build around me's. Uh, you don't kind of have kind of those stapleish cards that you can just throw in any deck. Uh, mm. So I'm kind of curious to see what list we've uh, compiled here today for March of the Machine aftermath. So Seth. Uh, start us off with your first pick for March of the Machine Aftermath. All right, so I have my first pick, the sweetest commander, I think, from this set, an Obnixless Captive Kingpin. So Ob is one of the Planeswalkers that is now a legendary creature. Uh, four mana for a 4-3 Rakdos Legendary Demon. It has Flying and Trample and has a really neat ability. Whenever one or more opponents each lose exactly one life. That wording is so clunky, but when someone loses a life or takes a damage, you put a plus one, plus one counter on Obnix list and you exile the top card of your library. And until your next end step, you can play that card. So when it comes to legendary creatures that can be commanders, I really want cards that make you play unique things. And I think the Obnix list cares about something that we really, I don't believe, have ever seen before, which is cards that deal exactly one damage. And there's a lot of really cool shenanigans with Obnix list. There's straightforward combos, like all will be one just goes infinite. If you deal one damage to someone with a Obnix list and all will be one, it will start a chain where Obnix list gets a counter, triggers all will be one to deal damage back and forth, back and forth, infinite damage. But even more interesting, like mana barbs or pestilence or pyrohemia, there's a lot of these weird cards that are really good at repeatedly dealing one damage. And that turns Obnix into this into the, almost this combo commander where once you stack up some of these effects, imagine like Obnix list with a 
Pyrohemia out, which is just ping a mana deal one damage to each creature and each player. You have Pyrohemia, you activate it, you ping everything for one, that triggers Ob, and Ob grows, and then you do it again, and eventually you're at the board, and you draw a ton of cards, and you have this huge Obnixilis. So I think Obnixilis is just a really cool build around Commander. Also probably fine in like, a sacrifice deck like I would jam this in Corvald or something like that but I'm most hyped to just build around this as a commander with a bunch of stuff that can deal one damage yeah I think this card is why does is he very need a pseudo card draw <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't it's, run it unless like it, it added extra cards for fun <laughs> I, I don't think you would run this card if there wasn't like draw cards that part right like it, it just it gets said, bigger it gave you the combos right you can go infinite you can actually just Pestilence or Pyrohemia the board and keep him alive because he keeps growing. Yeah. Um, card is crap. Now you get to draw cards while you're you're at it. But why wouldn't you want to draw cards? I mean, I, I think that's like very 2023 commander design. Like yeah. Wizards knows that players love drawing cards, so I'm not surprised that they tacked it on. I think it could still see like fringe play without that ability, but I would be much less excited to make it my commander and really go all in building around it if it wasn't also drawing me cards. How powerful do you think this card is? Like, is this a like legit strong commander or is it more of a like fun, janky build around? Whenever I see like things in exile and drawing cards, it makes me think Prosper, which is another form Interactos commander that is proven to be really, really strong. How does Obnixilis compare to something like Prosper uh, power level wise? Uh, I think Prosper is still going to be the strongest Rakdos Exile Matters commander, just because being able to make a treasure every single time you exile means you, there's a lot of like really efficient exile cards, like ex impulse draw or red cards. Um, and you're really kind of you're kind of more capped on mana than you are uh, cards to cast, I believe, in my opinion. Um, so I think Prosper is going to be a little bit stronger in that regard. But this, this is such a crazy good card draw engine. And also it's until the, the next end step. So it doesn't even have to be like until your your end step. Um, like if you have to cast instance or something, if you're picking somebody on somebody else's turn. Um, yeah, that's. That's especially relevant with like the mana barb shenanigans yes. and cards like that, because those trigger like when your opponent taps a land, which is mostly going to be in their turn. So, yeah, the card sticking around until uh -huh. your next end step is a a really huge deal for how uh, how Obnixilis actually works. I think it's going to be a really fun build around. I think my I think it's going to be really strong when it sits around on the table because it's going to be drawing you a billion cards and you can very quickly start like two shotting people in the air because it has flamepool as well. Um, I my only concern would be how good is the Obnixilis deck when Obnixilis is not on the battlefield because I don't it's a very unique effect which is great because it's a really fun build around but there's not a lot of like backup cards that do similar things I could be wrong but maybe you just want to do maybe you just build like a group pain deck like uh, Mogus God of Slaughter or whatever and you swap in Obnixilis you tweak it around his ability and then when he's not on the battlefield okay so whatever I, I'm not drawing I'm not drawing a billion cards but I'm going to still be pinging you to death and also when Obnixilis is on the battlefield I'm probably going to be drawing like five or so cards and refill my hand in a, in a pseudo way so I, I I talked myself into it. I like this card. This is this is pretty strong, um, and, and exciting. It's not like busted. I don't think, but it's it's really good. I think he can get pretty big pretty quick. Heck yeah. So, uh, a fair magic player in me likes him. He can he can become a respectable body quite quickly. And uh, who who needs excuses to run Tesla and Pyrohemia? 
Also, <laughs> heal those cards have been power crept. Yeah. Remember we used those cards for rats at one point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, kind of hilarious. Extort's good. If you want to go janky, and I think this would be really fun, it's also, like, good with literal pingers, like, prodigal yeah. pyromancer-style cards. So <laughs> it seems kind of funny to just load up your deck with... There's a lot of those creatures throughout Magic's history, and you can... Wow, because it's... Obnixilis cares about dealing one damage multiple times like mm. that's what it wants the most so every time that you activate the pinger you're gonna draw a card so if you have five pingers that's five cards and then you untap them or whatever go to the next turn or cast something that untaps your pingers which some of them have like when uh oh, what's the one in standard thermo alchemist thermo alchemist mm -hmm. whenever you cast the insert sorcery and untaps you can kind of almost like storm combo with the cards mm. you draw off of obnixilis so there's a there's a few different ways that you can actually build around this card which that also makes me excited just like you get to play these weird cards you wouldn't play in other decks uh -huh. and you got multiple directions to go as you build so uh, like, on that spike field hazard is is that a yeah. player or a creature yeah you can hit players with spike field hazard yeah yep. i i actually just thought about another commander that actually has a similar play style or at least shares a lot of the the unique cards uh Rakdos, lord of riots it used to be a very popular uh, Rakdos commander. I don't know how popular it is anymore, but basically, um, it says creature spells you, you cast cost one less to cast for each one life your opponent's lost this turn. So it doesn't necessarily want you to run pingers, like any sort of damage will do, but I know a lot of Rakdos decks often will run like, um, like a, like a one mana goblin thingy, torch slinger or something. Like you tap it to just deal one damage to each thing or lobber crew, tap it to deal one damage. Um, so I think there's a, there's a lot of cards that you could find in the Rakdos deck that might work well here. And you could even have like maybe Rakdos as like a hidden commander type thing. It's going to work really well in the same deck. So there is like some overlap that can be really fun, uh, with this deck style. All right, next up, I have Open the Way, which is X green green, a sorcery. X can't be greater than the number of players in the game. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal X land cards. Put those lands onto the battlefield tapped and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Is this the best four mana ramp spell? Yes. I think in Commander in specific, it is. So I, I think it also depends a little bit on your deck. So the upside is, well, I mean, there's two upsides. Upside number one is you can cast it for six mana and get four lands, which is ridiculous. The flexibility is huge. The other upside is it can hit non-basic lands, which is a nice, uh, a nice bonus. Downside, though, is it's pretty random, right? Like, if you're playing a five-color deck, it's not like you can snag the missing color of mana that you need to cast your bomber. Or whatever so you never know like so i think in like two or three color decks in specific i think this card's amazing or even mono green decks i think the card's amazing what do you think about like five colored is the fact that you don't get to choose the lands is that enough of a downside to make you not want to play it in five color decks where you might need a specific color of mana i think it's actually good in five color decks because like I think the ideal five color mana base is often a mix of fetches and triumphs um to if you really want like high consistency and then you pepper it in with like city of brass and command tower and stuff like that and the the high emphasis on like really good consistent mana fixing in a five color mana base means that open the way like if you're just hitting like two fetches and like a triome and a city of brass like those are those are the lands you wanted anyway um 
So I think that's like, it's fine. It, it really depends on the mana base. Like if you're super janky for some reason, then no. But like if you're like fetches and triumphs and stuff, which is pretty typical, it's good. It's also super nice that you don't have to overload your deck with basic lands. <laughs> like this hits oh, not basic. No. So this is something where you can build your five color deck with, you know, three basic lands or whatever. And this is still going to work every three. single time when, when in, you know, some other ramp spells that only get basics, you run out of, you run out of lands to find. So what yeah. do you think about this one, Richard? What, what is the most appealing part for you? Is it the fact that you don't have to play basics? <laughs> yeah, it's not basic and it's, like Tomer said, even in five color decks, uh, you're, you're getting like triomes and fetches and shocks or whatever off. Like I've never, since they invented triomes, I've never had problems getting the right colors. The only awkward thing would be is if you get fetches and you needed a certain triome because the fetch comes into play tapped. Mm-hmm. You have to like wait for it to untap and you get a triome, which is like super awkward. But that is totally worth the upside of like flipping into your non-basics, such mm-hmm. as like your your cradle or your orborg or your whatever right like so any ramp that allows me to not play <laughs> basics gets a thumbs up and this is like so you, you have the green ramp that lets you get forests which lets you get triumphs and things like that right but this actually lets you get the real utility lands like ancient tombs and that's not utility land, dark like the fast man lands yeah. and then the actual like the maze of it's and whatever right the, dark the, the yamamayas yeah so i actually think this is the best four mana ramp spell. And then in a pinch, it's a three mana ramp spell if you really want. And it's also, uh, you know, it keeps scaling up as well. So I, I would slot this as a four mana ramp spell and it, it is flexible. And yeah, this uh, I think by 2024, I will not run a basic in any deck. I think no. We're well on our way. The only reason to run basics is for your ramp. And uh, now that we don't need it we have enough ramp that just gets non-basics i i actually don't need to run a single yeah, basic so you gotta basics you gotta keep one for besage you richard or a path to exile no. you gotta have you gotta have no. one yeah it's too oh boy i'm gonna strip oh. on you so hard if you actually go zero basics yeah You're, i thought seth was the greatest <laughs> i will yeah, come after your man but then think of all those other times where i draw a forest <laughs> instead of you know <laughs> like any single forest. you can say that about any card in your deck yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm not on team. Replace all the basics. I, I don't run a lot of basics in my five color deck either. Like I'll run like two as like path protection or whatever. But I don't know outside of that. Any, anyway, without derailing it, I wanted to say the hidden best uh, part of this ramp card though is that you don't have to shuffle. You reveal the top cards of your library, and then you put the bottom <laughs> at the bottom the the other revealed cards uh, at the bottom of your library in a random order. So you're just shuffling I- like the cards you reveal. That's it. I think if Wizards could hop in a time machine back to 1993, I think this is how ramp would be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'd have rampant growth. I think this is how I think this is how they would word ramp spells because because they realize that shuffling kind of sucks and it doubly sucks with commander being super popular and 100 card decks and all that stuff. So I think this is something we're going to see more and more of uh, out of ramp spells just to minimize the shuffling. Yeah. I mean, they can even reprint like rampant growth being like, when you cast a spell, choose a land type, then reveal cards on the top of your library until you you, sh- you reveal the chosen land type. Yeah, no, that that's there. bad. No, I, I guess that's just as fast as fetching because you just turn your library. No, wait, you can't turn your library over. No, but I like I want to sit here and flip cards one by one off the top <laughs> until I find a forest. If I'm yeah. playing like one forest in my ninety nine, that that's like horrendous, right? Run more basics. There's- 
There's actually, and we'll get to this card in a minute, there's another card in this set that might be suggesting how wizards could go forward with ramp without shuffling, mm-hmm. but I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get to that one in a few minutes. Okay. All right, Tomer, what do you have for us? All right. I know some people at the table are kind of tired about Boros equipment because we've had this discussion in the past, but as mm-hmm. a Boros equipment lover, uh, it's, it's, it's I take great pleasure in announcing that we have another very sweet Boros equipment commander with Nahiri Forged <laughs> Fury. It's so good. It does. Look, it's it's okay. So it's it starts off kind of spooky. The ca- the mana value is four a red and a white. So it's six mana for commander. But that's very misleading. It's a five four core artificer and it has affinity for equipment, which means this spell costs one less to cast for each equipment you control. So if, so if you cast Nahiri for the first time. You can spend, uh, if you have four equipment on the battlefield, you can just spend red white to cast her for two mana. And then if she died again and you had six equipment on the battlefield, um, you could still cast her for two mana. So she scales really well if you have more and more art of, uh, equipment on the battlefield. And then she has a very powerful triggered ability. Whenever an equipment creature you control attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. You may cast equipment spells this way without paying their mana costs. So she is card advantage because you're just exile drawing whenever you're attacking with equipped creatures. Um, and it's not capped on like one or more. It's, it's as many equipped creatures as you have, you're going to be exiling on top. You're going to be impulse drawing that much. And if they're an equipment card, you get to cast them for free. So I think this card is really sweet because it's like Boros equipment that really wants you to have like a super high concentration of equipments, but not only just like any regular equipments, but stuff like living weapons, which are equipments that enter the battlefield already equipped onto a token. Uh, for Mirrodin is another one that is really good that comes with a token. Um, reconfigure from Neon Dynasty Kamigawa. Uh, those are equipment creatures that can be equipped onto creatures. So like you can flip, you can flip like uh, random lizard blades or something with Nahiri and cast it for free as well. Um, and obviously you can cast the best equipments in the game, Cauldra pieces for zero mana, which is busted. Like imagine how good Cauldra is. And now you get to cast the Cauldra pieces for free. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's so what good. What you do is you play, you, you don't use Nahiri as your commander. You play Togo Arden. Oh yeah. So Togo, Togo gets you the rocks. So you yeah. have lots of rocks that so you can go wide. And then you can cast equipment for free, and then you use Arden to equip them for free. So now your cauldron pieces cost zero, and they equip for zero, <laughs> and then you can go to town. Eh. So, well, I mean, you can also put them in the ninety-nine. Togo is definitely Togo Arden is definitely like great in the ninety-nine. There's like Battle Blade, Blood Forge, Battle Axe, or something like that. It's like whenever you deal combat damage yeah, with like the, the axe, axe. Oh, you yeah, a copy Richard, of it. Richard go off with that. So like, there's there's shinies. I, and also scroll rack is I, really good. Like you put the equipments in your, in your hand and you put it on top of your library and you hit oh, all yeah. the equipments. Like it's super fun. I don't I don't want to be the the Debbie Downer on this one, but my goodness, do we have so many Boros equipment commanders? Like, <laughs> it's really hard for me to get hyped about like. Okay, we got Wyleth, we got Jorkidine, we got Blainer, we got Akiri, we got Aster, we got Ryu, we got Crowley. There's like, there's like 20 of these cards. So even though Nahiri is sweet, it's just hard for me to really get hyped about like, oh, this is like a very slightly different twist on something we've seen 10 times before in the past. So it's not a bad card. It's just 
I guess I'm also not really an equipment player, so it's okay. Rakdos exile matters. I'm sorry that there's too many Boros equipment <laughs> commanders out for you. <laughs> it, it does. It does something different. It's go wide equipment. Oh, uh, yeah, is, uh, slightly different. Yeah, right? I mean, it's not Voltroni. I mean, my my current That's commander true. is Akiri uh, Akiri Fearless Voyager, which is basically. If you attack one each for each opponent you attack to fit a quick creature, you draw a card, so it is go wide already. But but I like this even this more because I get to cast my like Argentum armor, my six mana equipments for, for zero mana, which is hilarious. That's that's the most exciting part, I think, is the the free cast mode. It really I, I think maybe if this card's unique, it's the like living weapon equipment commander. I think that's like you mm. kind of mentioned this before, but I think that's the most exciting part. Sure, Argentum armor is great or whatever, but if you can play a bunch of Formirden cards, living weapon style cards, equipment that actually add bodies, that kind of turns Nahiri into this weird uh, Winota almost, where you're attacking with your stuff and like slamming a ton of creatures into play. So I think it might be the best like equipment that are actually also creature uh, Boros equipment commander which is that part's kind of neat i can i can get behind that you know what's sick you can like cast ember cleave off of this right mm-hmm. yeah and if you have sigarda's eight like if you have sigarda's eight as well oh god like you can just go into combat flip some stuff and just like attach everything and kill someone <laughs> like off out of nowhere hammer of nizan does the same I thing really... too they they enter the battlefield equipped on creatures so yeah, yeah it's a lot of you just like it's on attack you can just exile yeah. and, and play them like you don't actually need to hit so you can actually one shot someone out of nowhere with them so that's oh. actually kind of sweet i think also oh, as yeah. a do you just boomer. have to do you just have to kill this then like can you just not let this attack you because you're going to be worried that you're going to get one shot is it actually that scary of a threat with a few well, I mean, if, if on they the scroll rack and then attack you you should probably be concerned well, <laughs> yeah. they like, scroll rack... eight, like one card off the top like it has to be yeah. like the it has to be enough pieces, right? You have to have like double strike. You have to have uh, enough pumping. Yeah, and you have to have stuff that yeah. says I mean, it, it equips, right? Like you can't just be like scroll rack attack yeah. you with a bunch of equipped creatures because they won't enter the battlefield. Is aid, but if they have to guard his age, yeah. Be so if anyway. you have like three <laughs> specific cards or something like that, then I think I think you should be killing this anyway, right? Like it's card advantage and mana advantage rolled up in, into a commander, so. I think it's actually yeah. much more punishing if you just like wipe the board of equipment because then Nahiri costs a billion mana. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, fair, you're fair not well, getting any triggers, well so just blow up the equipment. It's much easier. <laughs> All right, Seth, what do you have for us? I mentioned a minute ago that there's another card that Wizards is maybe experimenting with ways to ramp without shuffling. So we mm. got Rebuild the City, which is a six mana sorcery. It says choose target land, create three tokens that are copies of it, except they're three, three creatures. In addition to their other types, they have vigilance and also menace. So this is a super duper unique card. On one hand, it's six mana make three 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 tokens which is actually a decent amount of power and toughness the upside is they're also lands is a ramp spell it's a little awkward because it's making ramp creatures that do get swept away or hit by removal there's no protection and is a ramp spell it'd almost be better if they weren't creatures but then mm. you're losing all that power and toughness what makes this card really exciting to me there's actually a few different things so the most obvious use of this card 
is landfall synergies like this is trigger your landfall stuff three times and they're tokens so it's more than that if you have doubling season or other cards that synergize with tokens so i can imagine like jund land matters decks like lord wind grace solo and grace things like that really making good use out of this the other thing that's really interesting about this is we've talked many times about how the utility lands in commander keep getting more and more powerful this is make three copies of the best utility land on the battle field imagine the late game casting this and getting triple field of the dead or getting triple cabal coffers or something that's a really ridiculous turn and then if you want to go really deep there's also ways to turn your creatures into lands like if you have an ashaya on the battlefield ashaya just turns all your non-token creatures into forests in addition to their other types then you can use this to target a creature and get copies of creatures that are also lands which is like kind of hilarious and can do some really cool things and ashaya is in green and it works in all those land matter landfall synergies so i just love this card plus i think land tokens that's another way to get around the shuffling problem like rampant growth make a token that's a copy of a basic land type of your choice that's a way you can ramp it growth without having to shuffle your library at all so i think there's some interesting possibilities with this land token idea that we just really haven't seen much before and i think maybe moving forward we'll see more of it i think like nine times out of ten you're just gonna be targeting field of dead with this but the other the best. ten the 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 one the one out of ten times you talk about other things i'm gonna be really excited <laughs> i mean i mean no, no, no i'm I, I feel that that is really great it's fine uh i just i see it a lot but i think yeah. i think i had the exact same response to feel the dead when you mentioned feel the deck when i said nahiri forge and fury is a new boros <laughs> i can i can respect that yeah <laughs> but but yeah this card is really sick and i like i like the idea of like a shia and stuff to copy creature tokens and stuff and i think it's a slam dunk in like jund wind grace and any sort of like utility lands on deck, it's like super exciting. The, the lands oh. are summoning sick, right? You can't. They they are them for and, mana. unless you give them haste somehow. Yeah, they they are summoning sick. You're in red, so you I, mean, I was like, really excited for six mana make like three dowsing daggers. <laughs> the lost veil, <laughs> but then they're summoning sick, and then they die to rats afterwards. So I think yeah, the best case is. Feel the dead because it doesn't matter summoning sick and they get their triggers anyway. Oh my god. If you so if you want something that's not feel the dead that's still pretty sweet, uh hideaway lands are kind of cute like you can mm. hit the hideaway lands and then like use them to cast a bunch of spells off like uh what's the what's the so green wrap the board and you lose all your card you, you just exiled yourself <laughs> well yes creatures are creatures are bad to rest that is true but like moss warp bridge you need to have 10 power on the battlefield this makes uh, nine power get three moss warp bridges cast three spells for free like so that seems really fun that's like just such a cool synergy so if you if you don't want to just be the boring field of that deck there are some ways you can build around it and still do cool things that are not just like oh i made a ton of zombies and killed everyone Seth, you i was, I was so i'm so hyped up about this now Seth, you you got me i got i was like uh, like at a mid i was very meh on this card and then when you started listing off interactions i'm getting like super excited yeah. to play it now uh, there's we cool tricks dead. there's cool tricks Tomer's gonna hide away three cauldron pieces oh <laughs> my oh, god the dream that oh no that would be the oh that would be the ultimate calder assemble if you could hit all three off of your three lands copy of Mosswort Bridge, mm, oh, that would be sweet. The dream. All right. Uh, I have Reckless Handling. One in a red. It's a sorcery. It's only uncommon. 
Search your library for an artifact card, reveal it, put it in your hand, shuffle, then discard a card at random. If an artifact card is discarded this way, reckless handling deals two damage to each opponent. Summer, I know you hate gamble. What if you what if you shock everyone? <laughs> what if you what if you did a two mana gamble just for artifacts? With you. <laughs> Look, my my piece on gamble is it's an entomb, right? So if you're in a deck that likes entomb, then you're gonna like gamble and therefore reckless handling. If you're in a artifact deck with a ton of recursion and it doesn't matter what you discard, it's a great like all it's artifact fine. decks. Yeah, but I just don't all like artifact it. Artifact decks have recursion. Doretti, scrap trawlers, whatever. Just, what, what if you just try to use it to get your dowsing dagger out? And then you discard <laughs> dowsing dagger and you're like, God, now I have to get the dowsing dagger from my <laughs> graveyard. It's all it's this whole schlep. It's like, ugh. Ugh. It's not this for is, me. I I agree that it's a good card. <laughs> I I think this is more than a good card. I think this is the best card in the set, probably. Like, so okay. On one hand, I don't really play a lot of tutors, and I found personally to enjoy commander more when i play like zero to one tutors in the deck rather than five to ten like i used to play when i first started building commander decks i like the inconsistency so i probably won't play this card all that much just because i tend to avoid tutors but i actually think this is one of the most impactful cards like red really good at a lot of things not very good at tutoring outside of gamble red really doesn't have a lot of options red is also one of the primary artifact colors so you're gonna have lots of good artifacts that you want to tutor up up. And a lot of the best red artifact decks also have graveyard synergies, like Doretti's and Ozgears. So you kind of naturally get around the gamble downside where if you do discard the portal to Frexia or whatever you're, you know, you tutored up, well, you really don't care because you probably were going to reanimate it anyway. So I actually think this is just like an auto include, right? In red artifact decks. I would play this in, like, if I played tutors, I would play this in every red artifact deck possible. I mean, I run I run Goblin Welder and Goblin Engineer in all my red artifact mm. decks, so I totally yes. agree with you. It's it's definitely it's very good. And Goblin Engineer is literally like very similar to this, where you get to search your library for an artifact card. Uh, I think it's yeah, any artifact card, and you get to put it into the graveyard immediately, which is basically what Reckless Hailing does. <laughs> but yeah, and well. And it's also can be just like a fabricate and fabricates actually like a legit blue staple. I was actually kind of surprised. I was looking it up on EDH rec and I was thinking, oh, like it sees play, but probably not that much play, but it's actually like a top 50 blue card, even though it only tutors up artifacts. So we've seen narrow tutors for only artifacts. Those can be pretty playable. So I expect this is going to be like red fabricate essentially. I think this is going to be the most like flexible, useful card out of the set for sure. I will play this in every red deck until I get sick of it because oh. every red deck will have a sword in it for ramp. Right? So <laughs> the dousing is, dagger. The, the dousing dagger, the, the sword of Forge and Frontier. Uh, so yeah, you can use this to get, get another copy of that. So I, I'm willing to take that risk. And Goblin Valder is a thing. Uh, so I'm okay dumping things in the graveyard. Right? Just pretend like Krim milled you. Uh, like he hit you with the sword of body mind. Just, just pretend that happened. <laughs> I, I respect the card. I acknowledge that it's very good, but there is a part of my brain that is very irrational. Uh, that refu- that just gets unreasonably salty when I discard at random <laughs> because I always have. But, but what if you gamble? And then this this gets discarded. It, it actually takes the bullet for your gamble. You, you <laughs> well, gamble for this. Oh, boy. 
I you gamble for this that. for it, it's deck thinning. You gamble, get this, then you no. cast this. You got an extra uh, extra gamble out of your deck. No. <laughs> I, I'm actually waiting for the clash where someone's at like two life and you you actually reckless handling to try to discard an artifact to shock <laughs> them. <laughs> And then that's the worst time you don't. You get a a whiff. (laughs) It's good for entertainment value, too. It's like the chaos warp thing. I respect it for the the minor amount of chaos it does as well. While being a good card still. All right, Tomer, you're you're on a Nahiri binger this week. Heck yeah. Uh, Nahiri, not my favorite lore character, but gosh golly, do I like her cards, apparently. I have another Nahiri card. This is Nahiri's Resolve. It's a five mana Boros enchantment, so three, a red, and a white. And this is not equipment related at all, really. It's it's more kind of like blink related. Uh, creatures you control get plus one plus O oh, and have haste. At the beginning of your end step, exile any number of non-token artifacts and or creatures you control. Return those cards to the battlefield under their opponent under their owner's control at the beginning of your next upkeep so this is a cool like way of not only just like giving your creatures haste and and um you know pumping lump a little bit so it's good for go wide strategies more so than like single creatures um but this is a great way to like get blink value out of your etb artifacts or etb creatures um it could be as simple as like you have artifacts like uh, for in the nahiri deck you have like living weapons and whatnot we mentioned those you can remake your germs but that's not super exciting i'm thinking more like uh blinking your meteor golems and blinking i don't know freaking anything that draws cards mole drifter i don't know but it also protects it from board wipes because you you attack with them they all have haste and they all deal extra damage and then boop they're all gone until your next turn so you dodge sorcery speed removal and stuff so i think this card is fun Oh, this card's super fun. This, if you if you hadn't put this on your list, it would have been on my list. This is one of my favorite cards from the set too. I think you really kind of nailed all the different things that you can do. Just blink your stuff for value. If you think about it, giving your team haste is often like three mana, like fervors, three mana or whatever. This is not that expensive. Plus, you're pumping your team. Plus, in, plus you're getting the ability to reuse your ETBs. The only thing I've been stuck on with this is where would I actually play it? Like a blink deck is the most obvious, but blink isn't really in uh, Boros too much. So I've been trying to figure out what actual, like other than, okay, I'm playing five color uh, Elish Norn Panharmonicon pile, something like that. It's going to be absurd. But do you have any ideas of like what, what commander you would actually run this with? Because I think the card's awesome. I just don't know. I don't know where to put it exactly outside of those just like four or five color piles. I'm not quite sure. The only like Boros commander that like pops up into my head that could use a lot of ETBs is like, for example, Ozgear. Like you don't want to, mm. you're not blinking the tokens that Ozgear makes, but like if you have just a bunch of artifacts that have good ETB triggers, um, uh, just blinking, mass blinking all of them each turn is pretty sweet. And then you could also like protect your commander too by blinking uh, Ozgear until the next turn too, if you're afraid of sorcery speed removal and stuff. So. I think it's pretty good. I also, it's also like straight up just like Vandal Blast protection. Like if you're in like an artifact deck or something and you're like terrified of, of the inevitable Vandal Blast to send you to the Stone Age, you just like run this. And as someone who has a lot of artifact decks and routinely gets sent to the Stone Age, I appreciate that. You know, it's nice. Yeah, it is a lot. That is nice that it protects your artifacts too. What, uh, what do you think about this one, Richard? 
Spirit of Companion, Richard. Spirit of Companion. Spirit of companion. Yeah, it, it works yes. with all world. Like you can play Coveted Jewel. Uh, you get the cards. Oh, like, and they get, can't get back the you Coveted Jewel. Route. From you. Oh my God, that's so yeah. Weird. You can play Route, which is uh, a, an instant speed wrath. So you you phase out, you blink out all your stuff, and then you wrath the board. Uh, I mean, White has so many ETB creatures, like Sun Titan, whatever, right? Like I I don't think you need to reach that far. Uh, for for more fun, you can you can blink your dockside extortionist. Uh, so like there, <laughs> there's so many things you can be blinking that in a generic deck that I feel if you want to be dirty and slow and annoying, you just put this in as a five mana card advantage card, and it'll do it'll, it'll be pretty good. So I, I'm all for it. Yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of red based blink decks. Uh, I'm actually looking right now. Maybe like Garth. I mean, you can you can blink your cursed mirror. You can blink yeah. your dockside. Garth one eye is yeah. pretty sweet. Is like you just like if you go if you go Garth one eye blink, which I think somebody played on Commander Ooh, Clash. You can reset it. Fun. Yeah, so you can yeah. keep choosing the same one over and over again. Yeah, yeah. that's and, and I mean like Richard said, you can just play cards that are good with it. It's not like your commander has to specifically work with blink to make it be good. If you have. Uh, spirited companions and a bunch of etb triggers like it's gonna be fine regardless of what your commander is in worst case like boros is pretty aggro and plus one plus zero in haste like if you're being aggressive that's a powerful effect having your commander come down with haste every turn like that's very strong and dodging rest so maybe maybe i'm overthinking it and it just like doesn't really matter and you're gonna get enough value out of it in kind of any deck with a bunch of creatures and some etbs I know you're going to run it the first chance you get, and you're going to jam Panharmonica <laughs> oh, with yeah. it, so mm. and you're going to love mm. it. <laughs> it's like Elish Norn's best friend. Like, Panharmonicom, yeah. oh, it works so incredibly well with this card. So, can yeah, you, I'm excited to break out some Panharmonicons and Elish Norn's with this. Can you imagine your Naya and you run new Italia with this? How disgusting that is. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> dealing oh. with that. Oh, boy. GG. GG. <laughs> All right, Seth, what do you have for us? I have a new commander staple, Richard. Yeah, a random uncommon. I'm glad the Wizards printed some uh, some good cards at lower rarities. And this one, the only problem I have with this card, very, very slight problem, is it is two colors, but this card is so good. So Cosmic Rebirth, three mana, one a green and a white, instant. Choose target permanent card in your graveyard. If it has mana value of three or less, put it on the battlefield. If it doesn't, uh, if you don't put it on the battlefield, put it into your hand, and you gain three life as a bonus. So let me get this right. Uh, there's a card in Commander that is very, very popular called Savine's Reclamation. It's a two and a white sorcery. Return a permanent with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, and it also has flashback. If you flash it back, you get to do it twice. This is essentially Savine's Reclamation without the flashback, but at instant speed. And it's also a regrowth effect. Like in the late game, if you need to get some big expensive bomb back, you can get it back to your hand and recast it. Plus it's gaining life along the way. So outside of being in two colors, isn't this just like, isn't this just an absurd magic card? The permanent doesn't even come into play tapped. Like, you can reanimate a land and it's untapped. You can reanimate a creature instant speed and block something that's Voltron attacking you for lethal. To me, this card just seems absolutely ridiculous. And, like, I would run this in, like, like a staple in any deck that could cast it. Why would I not play Cosmic Rebirth? Or am I massively overrating this card? I'm curious, because when I read this, it's just like, wow, this card is, it's so strong. What does Balagan Recovery say? It's any card, right? 
Balagad Recovery is like, any card back to your hand. Yes. Yeah. So so this is does it have permanent? The, like does regrowth say permanent? Like, I think Balagad's any card. No. Yeah, that's. I yeah. guess that is the that is the slight difference. Like regrowth or Balagad Recovery, it's not permanent. It's any card. So you the, could the get back instant or sorcery. Savine's Reclamation is so popular because it's white ramp. Uh, and then it has a flashback, which is like two more cards, which is actually a big deal. This is in green already, so you don't care about the ramp. You're kind of, you this is like, would it. you run Cosmic Rebirth in a Selesnya deck over Eternal Witness and stuff like that? And I think it, the answer is like how much you care about, like, what's the synergies in your deck? Like, if you're like super creature heavy synergies, then I don't think you're going to be running Cosmic Rebirth. You're going to run like Skullwinder and Eternal Witness and stuff like that just because it's a creature. So you're going to benefit much more from the card type. But it is a really interesting card. Um, I do like that it's instant speed. That's really what sets it apart. Um, and it puts it directly on the battlefield. Like that is a, a potent combination. I think like getting like a fetch or something is kind of eh, but like it's, it's always an option. And there has to be better things that you can also be getting for three or less mana that might be enticing. I, I don't know. I, it's not, I don't think it's a staple. I don't, I'm not sure what decks I would put in my own personal list, but, uh, it's definitely a really interesting card. And I think it's going to be really good in specific decks. I think, like, uh, yeah, imagine Slesnia. If it was like a single color, either green or white, I think you'd have a much better chance. There has to be a Slesnia that's, that's good at though. That's the one. That is the one issue that it is. It is two colors. That doesn't limit the number of decks you can play it in. But even just looking at Celestia decks, like it seems like you could jam it in any like permanent heavy like Katilda or any of the green white human style decks like you're gonna have plenty of targets for it to get back uh, even like Sethis an enchantment deck like you can mm-hmm. get back some of your enchantments worst case you get back your bomby enchantment that got countered on the way down so I feel like there's just enough for me I think there's enough synergies that I would jam this like obviously if you're a spell slinger deck and you're not playing a lot of permanence mm. then this loses a lot of value but as long as you have a a lot of permanence in your deck. I think this is good enough for for considering. And you mentioned like Eternal Witness and Skullwinder. This works really all well with those cards because you can get those back at instant speed as well. So even there, there's synergies. I would definitely jam it. Like we were just talking about the like four or five color blinky decks with uh, Nahiri's Warcrafting or whatever it is, Nahiri's Resolve. Like mm-hmm. I would just play it for value in a deck like that to get back, you know, a random ramp creature, whatever happens to go to the graveyard. So... I don't know. Outside of the color identity issues, I think your card's really good. I think I think if I'm ever running Skullwinder, which is in a lot of decks, to be fair, I'm going to be trying this because it's the cutest thing. Like, imagine somebody's attacking you <laughs> and you don't have any blockers <laughs> and you cosmic rebirth the Skullwinder onto the battlefield. It's a one through of death touch and you get back a card. <laughs> oh, my. This is why Skullwinder is broken. <laughs> Not broken, but it's it's very good. Like Cosmic Rebirth, it's a Skullwinder surprise death touch blocker. Oh, mm, so mm, good. That does sound sweet. So good. And then you get that Cosmic Rebirth. Uh, you can't do that. Wait, yeah, you can. <laughs> I, I was thinking. I was thinking. I was. I was thinking of like, can you like do the Cosmic Rebirth Skullwinder? Yeah, like, you can. Right. Caster Cryptic Loop thing. You get you get back Skullwinder with Cosmic Rebirth, and then ETB triggers on the stack, and then you get Cosmic Rebirth, right? Yeah, that would work. 
Oh, wait, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That works. Then you got some. Yeah, that should work. That's cute. And you're and you're getting Maybe. three life each time. It's a combo. We found it. We broke it. Did you, we you trade it? with the skull lighter? <laughs> you got back. <laughs> you cosmic rebirth. Well, we, we already talked. Well, so one one of the weaknesses of skull lighter is uh, like you can probably do it once or twice and like you know make it so that you choose an opponent that's advantageous. But if you're yeah. recurring it five times. Uh, it's probably not going to fly because you're going to have to choose someone where it's not advantageous for you. Well, nobody can attack uh, you now because you have one three surprise death toucher at any given time. You've also <laughs> gained like three life multiple times. You're untouchable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Broken. All right. You sold it's, it's me. It's interesting. I, I, I want to see this card in action because yeah. it's like where you, you need to cut a card from your deck to put this in. And if you're running Skullwinder, you have Balagan Recovery already. Like, what, what are you cutting to, like, add this to your deck exactly? So that, that, that'll be the interesting thing to look at. Thankfully, it's coming to Moto, so we'll actually be able to try Ooh. these cards on, uh, on Commander Clash. So Thanks, Daybreak. All right. Uh, next up, I have Pia Nalar, Consul of Revival. It's a Boros Commander Tomer, but it's not equipment-related. It's red and white. It's a 2-3 for 2 mana. Thopters you control have haste. Whenever you whenever you play a land from exile or cast a spell from exile, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. I don't know what to do with this, but I envision Thopter Storm, where you use like Burgy or something to like exile cards, and then you, you play a bunch of rituals, but then you don't have to empty the wards. You're just making Thopters, they have haste, and you kill people. Um, Richard. There's also that. What's that? What's that four man enchantment where you just excel all the planes from your deck, and then you can play oh, them. Endless Horizon. Oh, uh, endless Horizon. Oh, that's yeah. really cute. You can make a Thopter every turn. <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Richard. I just want Thopter Storm. Richard, I have a good news for you. PNLR was yep. really good with Nahiri Forge and Fury. Huh? Huh? You're, you're, Wait, you're exiling it? a bunch. Uh, Nahiri says, exile the top card of your library each time you're attacking with an equipped creature, and then you could play this card for free if it's an equipment. Eh? Eh? And then you're, make, you're, you're casting your equipments for free. Yes. You're making Thopters. Yes. What do Thopters love? They love holding Dowsing Dackers, which you just cast for free with Nahiri. Eh? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm listening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I mean... There's, there's got to be some way where you cast like the you know like the paradise mantles like the zero mana equipment that are like mana rocks mm -hmm. and you kind of like storm off and you're doing it and then you have the thopters to equip all your things onto yeah they're just bodies there's for equipments man that's good stuff i like it yeah i like uh, it I I don't know. I don't know how to pull off the storm plan. It sounds hilarious if you can actually manage to pull it off. I do think it's pretty sneaky good with uh there's some cards that when they deal damage, when a creature deals damage, it likes to exile cards and then play them. Like uh, it made mm -hmm. me think right away of like Grenzo Havoc Razor, which mm -hmm. has an ability whenever one of your creatures deals combat damage to a player, you can exile the top card of that player's library until end of turn you can cast it, or like Curse of uh Hospitality also has a similar mm -hmm. effect. It seems like you can make a bunch of thopters and hit with the thopters and then cast those spells and make even more thopters and just kind of like snowball it that way which seems kind of fun i think this might be the cheerios uh dance of calamity commander think about it this way if you can mm. somehow like 
MacGyver your deck to be like all zero drops and stuff, and you dance with Calamity with PNLR out. You get to you get to make like a bunch of Thopters that have haste. You play your entire deck with Dance of Calamity. It, it could happen, right? Maybe this is the way to break it. I might have to try to build that deck now. That actually sounds that sounds awesome. <laughs> I want to do that now. Standard you guys, you, you guys are thinking too hard. Look, what what's the best one of the best decks in Commander? It's Prosper. Oh, now Prosper no. is black and red. So all you gotta do. It's ninja, all the red cards from the Prosper deck. Yeah. <laughs> it's your PNLR deck. There's a and lot then of have, matters in red. Like it's you should different. have a There's... lot of strong cards, okay? <laughs> so yeah. that, that's my strategy. That, that'll, that'll be what I'll be doing when I build this deck. White also has like a couple, like... Uh... Yeah, endless Horizons. You can also like battles. You could cast battles. Oh, battles. Yeah. You get your battle deck off that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's also like, pretty, there's also like a, a like a blink you could use offensively, and then you can cast it from exile at any time. I forget what it was called. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, soul soul something that's in standard right now. I've seen yeah. I've seen people playing that one in standard. I mean, yeah, I think uh, the prosper cards are probably easy mode though. Like there's there's so many red cards that exile and let you cast now. That's been such a big theme lately that it seems like it should be pretty easy to uh, to actually make it work. I want to. I don't know what White's doing though. I want to make uh, Dance of Calamity Cheerios Red Boros Adnaz <laughs> with thop- if hasty Thopters as your payoff. That sounds so gas. I love it. <laughs> I, 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 everyone's like Boros. What are you an aggro deck? What are you an equipment deck? And you're like ah, no, I'm ad nauseum. <laughs> No, <laughs> Boros Storm, Boros Thopter Storm. Good, good deck name. I would click. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tober, what do you have for us? All right, I got uh, a nice value engine for those who like legendaries. Uh, this is the Kenrith's Royal Funeral. It's a Orzov enchantment, two white and a black, uh, for a legendary enchantment that says. When the Kenrith's Royal Funeral enters the battlefield, exile up to two target legendary cards from your graveyard, draw X cards, and you lose X life, where X is the greatest mana value among cards exiled this way. Legendary spells you cast cost one less to cast for each uh, card exiled with the Kenrith's Royal Funeral. So what this does essentially is if you exile two cards, two legendary creature cards from your graveyard with this, um, all your... Legendary spells are going to be costing two less as long as it's on the battlefield. And you're going to be drawing a whole bunch of cards, hopefully. If you hit like just like some random, I don't know, five drop legendary uh, in your graveyard, you're going to draw five cards for, for for a four drop. So this is like really good. Obviously, there's a setup of you need legendary creatures in your graveyard um, that you want to be exiling. But like this seems like a slam dunk for like a lot of legendary matters. Commanders, there's like one in in uh, Abzan. I think it's like Kethis or something. Not Kethis. Uh, yeah, Kethis. Is it Kethis? Yeah, uh, that's Abzan. Uh, yeah, that's Abzan. Abzan Kethis, legendary yeah. matters reanimator style thing. Um, Thalia would be another fun one. Like I don't know. This yeah, seems there's, just like gas. There's a there's a ton. Uh, you got New Joda. You got New, New Omnath. You got Radadrabic. You got Shaunid. There was Ooh. the whole Mardu like precon built around legendary matters themes a little while ago. Dahada. Uh, so I think there's actually a ton of options. You are very right. This card is so good, right? Like assuming you're a deck that has a bunch of legends in it, which would be the kind of deck that would play this card. 
this is going to be one of the best cards in your deck. We've talked so many times. What do you want to do in Commander? You want to draw cards in Ramp? This does both, and it's only four mana. I know that's a little expensive for Ramp, but giving all of your stuff, all of your legends, negative two mana, that's huge, and this is probably going to draw you like four cards, five cards. It reminds me, uh, what is the card I used to play? Promise of Power? Is that the five mana black card that like five mana five draw five? five? Yeah. I still I still yeah. play that on occasion. This seems like that, but that. just with like yeah. way more upside if you're legend deck like that's a ton of card advantage and a ton of ramping this is such a such a good card would you play in a non-legendary matters deck? so i was just trying like to just actually alive some out. random <laughs> legend that's like seven man <laughs> draw seven to call it a day I, so i'm i got uh, how many legends you need to play this i think is the question because i was like i was trying to think like we get so many legendary creatures these days if i'm just playing a a generic orzov deck are enough of my creatures legendary to actually make this work and i think i'd have to dig into the actual nuts and bolts of the deck mm. i would say you probably need like uh, what 15 legendary creatures would be like the floor for me to really feel comfortable that I'm going to get like value out of the ramp and value out of the card draw. And maybe like, uh, I don't know, maybe somewhere around 15, maybe that's even cutting it too low to really mm. embrace its power. But the thing is like, even if you just got the card draw mode, that's still good, right? Like, let's say you're only playing 10 legendary creatures, but you can get them in your graveyard. If you knew you were four mana draw five, lose five or whatever, even if you couldn't really consistently take advantage of the ramp, if we play Promise of Power, we'd play this, I guess, like in that context, like if we knew we were drawing the cards <laughs> off of it. This needs setup though, Promise of Power doesn't. And that's you, true. You, you always have your commander to take advantage of the ramp. Yeah, you right, could just let it go that. into the graveyard. Well, you could also let your commander go into the graveyard if you have this in your hands, and then you can Ooh. exile it back to the command zone. Well, that's sneaky. But that's sad mode. I though. like that's it. Four mana draw three or something, right? No, it's gonna die anyway. Uh, I, I, my gut instinct is I wouldn't run it outside of legendary decks, but I mean, given how many <laughs> legendaries we're getting at, at in 2023 and it's just there's no end in in the exponential growth of it like i feel like if you ask me this question again in like a year i'd be like yeah i mean yeah, all my course. spells are legendary just so happens so <laughs> sure like isn't the set like yeah, entirely legendary, legendary like what's going on uh, there, there are a lot more legendary spells than legendary creatures so you you have to exile creatures but you can cast legendary spells with yeah yeah. Yeah, I like this card. I think this card, like the more I, I'm gonna play it in generic deck to see how it goes. Yeah. I think you need a buried alive or something. Or you need Krim to hit you with the sword of body and mind. Oh yeah. Please <laughs> please feel it. What, what other easy setup is there? Discard, you gamble your legendary. Sacrifice. Oh, well, sack, sack, yeah. Yeah, sacrifice, any looting effects, faithless mm. looting, any drawn discard effects. Like, I really like it in Rattodrapic. Like, Rattodrapic is legendary aristocrats. That's, like, super mm. fun. Like, you want to be sacrificing yeah. your legendaries anyway. Oof. Kethis is another, like, obvious one where you want to be self-mill. Uh, Niv. All right. Two-color mm -hmm. card for Niv, too. Yeah. <laughs> Niv Legends. Uh, Seth, all right. What do you I, have for us? I have, 
I don't know. Is this card cool or is it boring? I, regardless, it's a it's a good one. Tranquil Frillback. One of the surprise themes from March of the Machines and Aftermath was a lot of random dinosaurs. And uh, this is a very good dinosaur. It's just a three mana three three. It's a green card, not legendary. It's, it's just a dinosaur. And it has an ability where when it enters the battlefield, you can pay a green mana up to three times. For each time that you pay that mana, you get to choose one of these three abilities blow up an artifact or enchantment, exile target player's graveyard, or you gain four life. So this card, I think, is a card that you can run in any deck that has a decent amount of green uh, mana, and it's just going to be really good. If you look on EDH Rec, you'll see that Little Reclamation Sage is one of the like most played green cards in the entire format. It's it's like a true stable, 17% of decks up there with all the mana dorks and the ramp spells is just one of the most popular cards. I think this is just a, a better version. Yes, you do have to pay an extra mana to get the abilities, but all of these abilities are relevant blowing up an artifact or enchantment that's always something that's good in commander exiling someone's graveyard we are constantly talking about how we should play more graveyard hate this is a way you can accidentally play graveyard hate you can have the graveyard hate and you don't have to remove something else from your deck because this is also your artifact destruction spell and then uh and then gaining some life is always nice as well i always want a little incidental life gain in my decks because i don't like being the low person at the table and be in danger of dying and then you also have tribal synergies where dinosaurs are really popular and they're going to be even more popular likely once we uh, get more dinosaurs later this fall so i feel like this is this is just a good card right is there any reason not to run this in a green deck like is this a new reclamation it's, stage, it's a four mana rex age <laughs> well uh, isn't that like saying i like open, the outside isn't that like but saying open the way is just a things. four mana ramp spell i feel like the you're you're underestimating the flexibility there I think you, you sold so me for, on dinosaur. Like, I don't care so about the for, text. It's a dinosaur. I'm putting it in good shot. It is a dinosaur. <laughs> so for five mana, mm. you get a 3-3. Three, three, you blow up an artifact and enchantment and nuke the most scary graveyard. That seems pretty good. That seems pretty good uh, to me. It's a great dinosaur. 10 out of 10 dinosaur. I'm putting, putting <laughs> in my dinosaur deck. I don't know about the other I mean, decks, it's a dinosaur, but, this but is... is it Jurassic Park or Jurassic like World Five or whatever? Uh, Which one is it? I think it's a Jurassic Park. Like if you're if you're expecting dinosaurs, good quality dinosaurs, this is a Jurassic Park original hitter. It's it gives you all the utility you want in your dinosaur deck. Again, I don't yeah, know about just, other decks, but yeah, dinosaurs. It's, <laughs> it's just one of those nuts and bolts cards that kind of ties ties everything together. So, so you, you cut Rex Age out of your deck. Is that what we're so doing? In my dinosaur deck? Rex yes, of course. Oh, in, in dinosaur deck, Tomer, oh. not the dinosaur deck. Oh, I don't know about yes. that. Yes. <laughs> assuming, assuming I'm not intimidated by having to pay green mana in specific, and, and that's not a, a big cost. I think I I think I would like I'd play Rex Age and Elves. I'd play Frillback and Dinosaurs, and for everything in between, assuming I can pay double green or triple green pretty consistently, I think I would just rather play Tranquil Frillback. Honestly, wait, what what's the wording for its ability? Can you Green Sun Zenith it out and still like do yes, the kicker part? it's a ETB yeah, okay. and then you pay when it ETBs, so you can blink yeah, yeah. it, Green Sun Zenith it, whatever. It's like a yeah. superior kicker kind of. I'm willing yeah. to try it. I'm willing to try it. Yeah. Well, I, yes. I think because the mana because if you're trying to green sun zenith a rex age, that's already four, and then now you're like, all right, this thing is like five. It's like starting to get like a little out of hand. But 
the ability to use like the multiple modes is pretty sweet. Yeah, like imagine you have a you have a Rex Age in your hand that can like if you're up against a graveyard deck and you don't really have an artifact in your enchantment you want to blow up, but you really want to blow up somebody's graveyard, the fact that it's this can actually just do that for you instead of a Rex Age, which is more mana efficient, yes, but it's the flexibility here is is really nice. I actually I actually am sold on it. I think it's worth testing. Yeah, out. I, I think I think I'm sold on it. And then I if you have ten Armonicon, wait, no, it's not. Yarak, that's not very good. Yarak, no, because you, you still have to pay the green twice, right? So, oh, actually, that's a hmm, that's a good question. I think you're right. Yeah, look, maybe it's not as good with Panharmonicon as I thought. Look, it, <laughs> it's auto include in 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 dinosaurs. I will not hear any naysay on that. And then otherwise, it's worth testing. Yeah, I'm sold on it. It's it's like arguing for Path to Exile or Swords of Plowshares or something over generous gift. Yeah, it's a generous <laughs> gift for Swords of Plowshares. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is right. So I, I think I, I think I'll take this one. All right. Uh, okay, I, I have a spicy one. I don't know what I'm doing with this one. It's a Simic card. We need Phil to give his input. Yeah, where's Phil? Two green and a blue. So four mana, three three legendary creature, human druid. It's Joriel, Voice of Zalfur. At the beginning of combat on your turn, up to one target land you control becomes an XX green and blue bird creature with flying uh, with haste until end of turn. Where X is the number of cards in your hand, it's still a land. Whenever a land creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So I'm just imagining for value, you just play this. Send one of your lands as a bird into the air. Hit someone, draw a card. It's Toski. Mm-hmm. And then to be <laughs> to be cute, you can run like Sylvan Awakening or whatever. Like one of those cards that just transform all your lands into creatures and then just hit someone and like draw a oh, billion cards. yes. Uh, like Sylvan Awakening. What, what do you think about just the plan of just sending a land every turn? And it's just like a, a really like bad Phyrexian arena. Like, no, Underworld Connections, the one that you have to put on the land and tap it. Just, like, the floor of it's not that bad, right? You just like so, because it's a bird. Yeah, yeah. It's a bird. It's a bird <laughs> land. I mean, so it is a potentially a decent amount of damage, right? Like, it draws you cards, so you have a full hand, and then you're getting in with a 5-5, five, five, a 6-6 six, six land, and it flies. Like, I guess there's some risk of your land getting blown up, but I guess you just accept that. So I don't think it's bad just sending in one land although i would say if you're building around this as your commander i i think the like kind of the jokey like play sylvan awakening or whatever i actually think that's how i would build around it probably is try to play as many effects as possible that can turn my lands Mm. into creatures play as many creature lands as possible it's a really cool creature land commander but there's a lot of powerful cards like uh, nissa who shakes the world doubling your mana turning lands into creatures Uh, there's a lot of cards like that kamal can turn your lands into creatures so i think that's how we build around this card and really yeah shia really try to turn this into the the full-on toski in a lands matter style deck so I don't know if I would just... Would you play this in a generic Simic deck as a Frexine Arena? I probably wouldn't, but I do think it would be really fun to build around. I'm, I'm totally I would if I was playing Sylvan Awakening. Animate lands. <laughs> I, think, I, I sometimes play Sylvan Awakening for fun. Dude, I mean, Sylvan Awakening is fun, honestly. If you can ramp a bunch, like that's a that's a scary guard. Yeah. <laughs> That'll just kill people. Yeah. I just shoved it in Galta, and it was like, okay, now all my... 
all my lands now add a two mana discount onto Galta, and I get to swing people for for a big dam damage. It's really fun. But what's, this what's is that mechanic where when you cast a spell, like it costs a little more, but then you put like four plus one plus one counters on a land, and now it's a creature. Oh, uh, oh awaken, oh, awakening, yeah. Awaken. yeah, awakening. You can play like those cards. Yeah, yeah. That the that the, the green battle like flips the the green explosive vegetation battle, battle flips into a, into a land creature. Creature. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's actually fun. Play there's Muta enough Vault. cards you can build around it. Yeah, Mutaval, all the creature lands. There's a, a emergent sequence puts a land out of the battlefield that's a creature. So there's actually a plenty of cards to build a deck around it. I will say the one thing I don't like about it is. It doesn't untap the land. So if you just slam this on turn four, its ability kind of does nothing. So you got to wait until like turn five. So you have an untapped land to turn that land into a bird. So I think that's like the one thing that I one little mark against it. That doesn't like ruin my excitement for brewing around it. But I think that does dampen my like excitement for playing it fairly. If it untapped the land, then we and we'd be in business. <laughs> It, it, it works. It works with your Jund card earlier. <laughs> I know, just the wrong colors. <laughs> we just but gotta yeah. play five color and then um, <laughs> feel the dead, and then turn those zombies back into land somehow, and then yes. hit someone. Yes, draw the cards. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking for a new way to build birds. This is this is the new. This is the 2024 birds bird lands. This is this is peak Richard bird style. Like Toski is a it bird. Is. Now lands it's Toski, and you can't even give me crap for running. Yeah, it. like, it's, look, it's literally a bird. So <laughs> it, it's on point. It's 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 actually a, it's actually a step in the right direction. So I'm on I'm on board with this. I love it. I think it's really fun. I like animate land strategies. This is cool. All right, Tomer, bring us home. What do you have for us? All right, bring us home with a card that I was like, eh, but it's I'll, I'll play it a bunch. <laughs> So there's like Nashi Moon's Legacy, which is the spicy one, but I just will never play this card. But this card I actually will play. So it's Sigarda Font of Blessings. It's a four mana Selesnia legendary creature angel. It's a four four flyer. And it actually cares about angels and humans. Um, so other permanents you control have Hex Roof, which is really nice, passive protection. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. And you may cast angel spells and human spells from the top of your library. So this is like a future site card advantage engine for your human decks and your angel decks and it has a bonus of also just giving all your permanents hexproof um, which is just some nice passive uh, protection against targeted removal somebody has to actually remove Sigarda first so i just think this is really good in humans and angels that's, that's all there is to it it's uh <laughs> it's just it's just good it's not fancy it doesn't do anything particularly new or or exciting but it's a good card and i like it and i'm gonna play it <laughs> oh my, give, give me the tier list of cigardas oh how does this, how does this stack oh. up against well, like the, the og <laughs> the is original like, cigarda the other angel and human yes. cigarda <laughs> i think this is probably like in terms of power i think this is probably in a, especially as a 99 this is the best um, and then if you want to go Voltron, the OG Sigarda, I think still holds up because it has like sacrifice protection. And then the, what was it? Like the, the one that came out like two years ago from Crimson the, Val? The bad one. Yeah. It was okay. The, the bad Sigarda. It's like fine in like human <laughs> decks. It only helps humans too. This one, this one could be your angel commander, which again, it, it's, it kind of boggles my mind in 2023 that, uh, we have so few 
angel tribal commanders that are exist like this we got giada like last year and we had like a, I, some overcosted ones before and now we have a selesnia angel one which is nice I was going to say, yeah, if you want to play green-white angels, this is going to be your go-to. Like, right now, you can play Old Sigarda, I guess, Shalai Voice of Plenty, but neither one of those mm-hmm. actually cares about the angel tribe. This is actually a reason to fill your deck with angels, because you get that static ability that's letting you play off the top of your deck. So I think it's actually, like, a fine commander if you want to be green-white angels, and I'm with you. I would jam this in the 99 of basically any human deck or angel deck it's a privilege position which is a really powerful effect along with a card advantage engine so i also like little shout out to wizards at first i thought it was weird that we were getting all these cards that you let you played off the top of your deck like throughout the first 25 years or magic that was just like a super rare ability and now every set we're getting one but i actually think it's it's a sneaky way to give like tribes and colors card advantage without just being like oh draw a card or whatever which we've seen wizards try to avoid with like white but this is a way you can give those tribes and those color combinations a really nice uh, source of card advantage a powerful source of card advantage the is on theme and on flavor for uh for the tribe and color so i i really like the the way they're going with the designs of these cards yeah for the power creep where you can <laughs> dividing top the top of your life oh jeez well i mean yeah it, it's very efficient <laughs> and then it cast off the top it definitely feels like power creep but at least the nice thing about it is the power like i think wizard of the coast has been shifting away from power creeping generic staples and now power creeping very specific staples like this is obviously just very good and like human decks and angel decks um and is it push yes but like it's only going to show up in human decks and angel decks so i think it's fine you know like yeah it. that's it's not too bad it's four mana four four uh, if they really wanted to push it they'd make it a five five or something like Oof, that so it is green yeah card advantage off the top is not but I don't think that's too much. I think, I think giving everything hex is really angel. nice. I I think like Scarda was some something your opponents wanted to kill anyway, so it's not like it's gonna really make the target that much worse on its back. But uh, it's just nice, you know. Like if you have like a really a, a must kill threat that you put on the table, having it hex proof and your opponents have to now deal with Scarda first is nice. It's cool. Yeah, no, it's just a, a solid card for those tribes. All right, so that concludes our top 12 uh, March of the Machine Aftermath cards. What do you guys think of the set overall? Do you compare it to, like, uh, you know, like the pre-con commander cards we get along with the, the normal standard sets? Do you, do you feel this is better than that, worse than that? It's it's about 54 cards, I believe. It's a really good so, B-side. As, as yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I that's how I kind of see it kind of kind of the B side like it's fine um I think my biggest criticism of it is just how they're releasing it as far as like card for card I think it's just as good as the new cards you get in commander precons probably better than the new cards you get in commander precons I think there's more of them and there's arguably more exciting ones I think the biggest criticism is just like they're selling it for the same price as a normal set as far as buying boosters and I don't know. I don't want to spend the normal price for a five card booster, even if it is a commons that they cut out of it. Like, it's still just it's kind of a feel bad. So I haven't really come around to the idea of paying full price for five card boosters. I wish they released it in a different way. But the cards themselves, 
I don't think they're like especially inspired. They feel like they could be in March of the Machines themselves for the most part. But I think there's some really fun stuff that I look forward to playing with. So I like the cards. Don't necessarily like how they're being released though, or the price they're uh, they're they're being released for. What about you, Richard? How do you feel about? I agree it? with that. I I just don't like how every card is a legendary creature. Like just just give me like sorceries and instants and <laughs> enchantments like designed for commander that I don't need to build like a whole new deck around. Uh, but yeah. other than that, I think it's fine. I mean, I get what they're doing with the story, but it'd be nice to just have like generic cards that you can put into your existing deck rather than like all these cards are kind of like here, build a new deck or at least like swap around to the commander and kind of change the the whole thing of your deck. I'm gonna so I would just like to see some generic cards. I'm going to take the opposite stance. Why aren't all these sorceries, instants, and artifacts and enchantments legendary, huh? Huh? <laughs> Think of all the synergies we could have in Commander. That could be great. <laughs> Who cares about you other say formats? That, but soon enough, they'll, they'll make it so that you can only cast the spell if you control like a Nahiri or something. Uh, like, you, they go like straight up putting set. Oathbreaker into Commander, where it's like you can only cast yeah. a spell if you have a Nahiri Planeswalker. Or something. Like the like the legendary <laughs> spells, but they like restrict it even further. They're like, if you have a Nahiri, you yeah. can cast Nahiri's Resolve. Whatever, and then it's like a super <laughs> broken wrath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could actually see that. Don't please, please don't give them ideas. I'm sure it's coming. We don't want. We don't want to give wizards any ideas here. Cut this out. (laughs) I don't know. All right. So let us know in the comments what you're most uh, excited to play from March the Machine Aftermath. Uh, Let us know what you think about some of the cards. Is Tranquil Frillback a staple? Are you going to play it uh, over? uh, Wait, over Rex Age. Uh, or what's the other one we had? We the the, the Skullwinder replacement, Cosmic Rebirth. Ah, Are you yeah. gonna play that over over your Eternal Witness or or Skullwinder? Is, Let us know. Is Joriel the, the new best bird commander? <laughs> is Joriel better than Toski? Oh no! <laughs> can, Let can, us know. Can someone break break the birds lands deck for me and then yes. send, send it to me? Better yet, so, so, someone take a prosper list, yank out the red cards, and build me, <laughs> build me a Pia Nalar. I'm deck, telling please. you, Pia Nalar, Adnaz, Boros, Thopter Storm. It's happening. It's so good. We, we should build a, a, an aftermath block constructed deck. You just take 54 cards, add, <laughs> add lands, <laughs> five color aftermath. Just oh. add in the lands, and then you're good to go. Every card references a new every... archetype because, like, that's what the deck, what the set is. Every card is like humans you control, dinosaurs yeah. you control. Yeah. It's like okay, that's, it's basically basically that uh, secret layer MDFC deck they made or double face yeah. card deck. Like, yeah, no synergy. We'll just it sends double face card throw together. all together. Something for a everybody. Command, it's a deck. Yeah, deck in quotes. Yeah, finger quotes around the deck part. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck casting any spells in there. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Remember to leave a comment. We want to know what you think about these cards, and we'll see you all back here next week. See you. <laughs>